the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And we are in a series all about the abundant life. And here's the deal. We spend so much time at work that if the financial incentive was removed, then what remains? Abundant life requires a vision of work that goes far beyond money. Pastor Sean has some Bible study notes ready for you to follow along with at reallife.org. Today it's part two of a message called The Abundant Life at Work. Pastor Sean is teaching from Matthew 6 and also from the book of Colossians. It's time for Radio for Real Life. Your value is in who you are and in who your father is, according to the scripture, not in what you do. God created you uniquely and wonderfully. He is your father. He loves you. You are one of a kind. You are unbelievably valued and special in his eyes. That's where your worth comes from. That's where your value is found, not in what you do or happen to be doing now, which could be different five years from now. Just because your job changes doesn't mean your value changes, but yet many of us see work as a measure of our worth. And the last thing, work as my primary focus. Work as my primary focus. If you find yourself organizing your life around your work, if everything else is negotiable but work, if church, family, relationships are all negotiable. Those, they'll wait. They can, they can, well, I'll get back to those, but work cannot wait. Everything must be organized around work. If that's you, work may be an idol, and you may have a problem having work as your primary life focus. If you find yourself living for your work, that's a problem. Remember what Jesus said, Matthew 6, he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and is righteous. And that, now, I know some of you are sitting there going, well, how do I actually do that? Sean, that's easy for you. You know, you, you've got the pastor gig. You work one day a week. That's not even really a full day. Come on, let's admit it. I mean, really. It's like, but we have real jobs. We have real stuff we have to do. Okay, that's great. Seek for us the kingdom. But come on, how do I do this in the real world? I want to suggest that the scripture gives us some very powerful and practical advice that every one of us can put to work like today and tomorrow. Tomorrow when we go back to work. This advice, I think, can change the way you view your work and can help you walk out that passage of Seek First His Kingdom. Turn in your Bibles with me, if you will, to Colossians 3. I'm going to begin reading at verse 22. Paul is talking, he's writing to the church at Colossians, he's talking to a group of people who, I mean, as bad as you and I think we may have it at work sometimes, okay, um, yeah, these folks had it worse, okay, because he's going to start talking and he's going to talk to slaves, Slaves. Now, he expands this beyond them, and he says this to others in other places. But this is such a powerful, direct statement to people whose jobs were really, really hard and really difficult. And, and some people go, wait a minute, well, here, here it is. See, the Christian faith, God of the Bible endorses slavery. I, I want to say to you, that is just ridiculous. The Bible does not endorse slavery. 
In fact, when talking about the kingdom, remember what it says in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. Okay, the scripture doesn't endorse slavery, but it does identify it as a social evil that is there and some people are living in. And what they're saying is if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you find yourself in that condition, God has something for you too. And you can live victorious. You can live the kingdom, even if you find yourself a victim of a social injustice like this. It's a fascinating approach. He says, here's how you should approach it. And I want to say there's some powerful, powerful lessons for us on how to actually seek first the kingdom every single day at work. He says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. That last bit is a, is a guarantee that um, if you don't get social justice today, there will be justice. God is faithful. Anyone who does wrong, they will have to deal with that wrong. They'll have to deal with God. And that's just the truth none of us can escape. So he's saying, if you're getting caught up on the social injustice part, understand God has something for you right there, and you need to know Whoever does wrong, God is fully capable of bringing about justice. Now, what that brings us is to this idea, and this is what I want us to look at. Here's the main point. If you're taking notes, please write this down. Abundant life at work is found in higher purpose, not higher pay. Abundant life at work is found in higher purpose, not higher pay. We think if I make more, then it'll all be good. If I get that promotion that has more money and more stuff, then everything will be great. I'll be free. I'll be able to do it. Well, just ask somebody who makes more than you. Some of you are like, well, that's easy. That's everybody around me, I'm sure. But seriously, talk to someone who's gotten some big pay raises, gotten some big bumps, and gotten up there a little bit and kind of, and just say, is it all kind of roses and sunshine up there? They'll be like, yeah, no, not so much. We all know the deal I told you. When you get pay raises, when you get more money and stuff, it's like, it's awesome for three months, and then it's just your pay again. And expenses have risen to meet that, and you're kind of in the same place, and it just feels like normal again. It's awesome for three months, but then it's just normal. You just have to understand, higher pay does not guarantee abundant life at work. I'm not saying it can't make some things easier or that can't be one way that God can meet some needs. That's great. But it does not guarantee in any way. In fact, for some people, it's like just brings more hassles, more burdens, more stuff to worry about. Abundant life at work is found in higher purpose, not higher pay. That's what Paul's trying to say to us. He's trying to say there is something God has for you if you understand that you can have a sense of real purpose every single day at work, no matter where you work couple things that he pointed out in that Colossians passage. Number one, life-giving purpose at work means getting a new boss. Life-giving purpose at work means getting a new boss. And some of you are like, see, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, not in the way you're thinking. Because what Paul is saying to slaves who can't get a new boss, he's saying, right now, determine you're working for the Lord, not for men. Today, you're working for the Lord. And understand, for all of us, we, we recognize this. this is a primary discipleship thing, right? You become a follower of Jesus Christ, you are his. Remember, the Apostle Paul referred to himself as a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are, if you say, Lord, my life is yours, we understand that. We understand repentance. Salvation is all about, I was doing my thing, I was going my way, I was just doing it, and, and I realized, oh my gosh, my way is hurtful, my way is broken. God has called me to something else, and repentance means I turn. I turn in my thinking, but I also turn in my behavior. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, 
but it means I say, I'm not following, I'm not God in my life anymore. I surrender to Jesus, and I'm going to follow him. So fundamentally, we understand I am now his servant. I am now following. He's the Lord. He's the leader. This is a discipleship issue at the core. But that means at work, I have a new boss. And for some of you, that's very good news because you've needed a new boss. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6? No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Some of you honestly put up with a really terrible boss simply because of the money. You're not actually serving him or her. You're serving money. And Jesus said you can't. Psalm 100, 1 and 2 says this, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Shout joyfully. God wants you at work to be able to experience joy and gladness in your service. And a secret to that is to serve the Lord every single day. So tomorrow, when you go to work, you get the opportunity to determine, Lord, I'm serving you today. You're the boss. That means a new agenda, right? I get to work. Lord, I'm your servant here today. Now, you have your responsibilities to do. You have to work with integrity. You got to be honest. You got to be faithful. You got to work hard, all those things. But you have the opportunity to say, Lord, I'm going to serve you and your agenda today. Do you realize that changes every encounter you have with a coworker? Instead of just looking at people like, oh, there's that jerk who wants to take my job. (laughs) Not today, my friend, you know. Instead of that whole thing, Instead of your boss like, oh, God, here she comes. Well, 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 she's got her pointy hat on. Where's the broom? (laughs) I mean, instead of that whole thing, you begin to say, wait a minute, that's a person that Jesus died for. Lord, what's your your purpose for, for me in my interaction with her today? How am I supposed to respond to her? Lord, how am I supposed to respond to him today? That person on your team that they, when they come in your office, you go, oh, God. And said, that's someone Jesus loves. Lord, what's your purpose? What's your agenda? Because you work for a new boss now. Do you realize how that'll change every single interaction you have? We all work with people in some capacity. We have some interactions. And as, as such, we have an opportunity to see things differently because we work for a new boss. Abundant life at work is found in higher purpose, not higher pay. And that's found in a new boss. Second thing, life-giving purpose at work brings a new motivation. A new motivation He used the phrase reverence for the Lord. He says work, not just when they're there and watching, but work out of reverence for the Lord. Do you understand that we can look at work as worship? We can look at work as a way to worship. I told you before, worship, you know, worship is what we put first in our heart, right? We understand it's not songs, it's not sermons and prayers and things like that. Those are maybe good expressions of worship. But worship is what we put first in our heart. Our word worship comes from an old English word that means to ascribe worth unto. That thing we value most, that thing that is first in our heart, that's what we worship. So every day at work, I have a chance to work as an act of worship. I've told you, you know, worship isn't just songs and prayers. You can be driving down the road, see someone broken down on the side of the road, and if the Lord nudges you, you need to stop and help them. And if you do that out of obedience to the Lord, you just put your agenda aside because the Lord nudged you. You just worship because you put him first. You put him before your own interests. You put him before your own agenda because you chose to obey. That becomes an act of worship. Well, that opens up a world of possibilities at work. We want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called The Abundant Life at Work, which is available right now on the media page at reallife.org. Just look for the series called Abundant Life, where there you can even watch a video podcast of this message and series. 
And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message, Abundant Life at Work. This is Radio for Real Life. I can worship him in everything I do. Look at the way Jesus said this, Mark 12, 29, 30, the most important commandment Jesus is talking about. Most important one Jesus answered is this, Hear, O Israel, love the Lord your God. The, the Lord our God is one. Here's the command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your what? Your strength. Now, he's not talking about worshiping in arm wrestling, okay? He's not talking about doing feats of strength for the Lord. And look, Lord, look what I did. He's saying in everything you do, with your strength, with your activities, with your hands, worship the Lord. Love him. Put him first. So, I mean, stop and think about this. How do I worship at work? Think, think about every day saying, Father, you're first. You're first. Your agenda. Lord, what is your heart? When you're dealing with a customer, Lord, how should, how should I handle this? What's, what's your heart for this customer? What's your heart for this transaction, this sale? What do you want to do that's maybe bigger than what I was thinking of? You literally can stop and worship him. Before you're going to go into a difficult meeting, I remember a meeting we were having. It was a room full of attorneys downtown at a, at a law office. And I freaked the whole group out when I said, they get, you know, our lead attorney is going to get started. It was when we were purchasing this place. I said, can, can I just pray for us first? And they all looked at me like, it, it really was. It was, well, of course, pastor. It, it might have even said reverend, you know. <laughs> they don't know me very well. But I prayed in a building full of attorneys, and the building didn't crash and fall to the ground. So it was nice. Wait, Jonathan's here. He was in that meeting. It's awesome. But you can just stop, and you can, you, you can do it with everybody in the room, or you can just quietly pray, Lord, what do you want to accomplish? Lord, have your way in this. You realize how that changes things, a difficult negotiation? It changes everything when you say, I'm going to worship the Lord, and I'm going to trust him with the outcomes. And you're like, oh, but you don't know my job, Sean. I can't do that. Um, I want to suggest if you believe that you don't know our God, you don't know how big he is and what he can move and what he can do, nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? Nothing is impossible with God. So that means I can worship him at work. And if I am honestly serving him, I'm honestly serving his heart and working for his glory, it changes things. And I can trust him with the outcome. Guys, abundant life at work is, not found, it is found in higher purpose, not higher pay. And God has a way to give us higher purpose. That's what Paul's trying to teach us this morning. A third truth, 
Life-giving purpose at work sets a new standard. It sets a new standard. He says to work with all your heart as working for the Lord. In other words, give your very best. Give your very best. Imagine how that would change perspectives. I, I knew some Christian employers, a couple of ones who kind of had this mantra. They'd been burned by people they knew from their church that they hired and didn't work well and kind of expected an easy road or a free ride because, you know, we're all Christians and all. And they had this weird motto of never hire a Christian. And they were Christian people. That's messed up. And it needs to stop. People, there, there should be people who maybe they don't get our faith and they're like, yeah, I don't know about the whole worship thing and the Bible thing, but give me as many Christians as I can have because, man, those folks know how to work. They're honest, they work hard, they give their best every single day. It's a new standard because I'm not doing it for some just employer. I'm not doing it just for dollars. I'm not doing it just for some business. I'm doing it as worship to the Lord. He's saying that's a whole different standard. And you get to glorify the Lord every single day. We should never give less than our best because we're giving it as unto the Lord. You remember when David was acquiring a piece of land to build an altar to the Lord, and it was from a man named Orna. And in 2 Samuel 24, 24, it says this. They, the man, Orna, just said, well, you're King David. Here, just take the land. You can have it. But the king replied to Orna, no, no. I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. You see, when it costs you something to be excellent at work, to give your best, that's when the worship starts. That's when the sacrifice starts. Give your best. I've told you before, we're supposed to be people who are excellent in what we do. And that involves, you know, working in our areas of giftings. The scripture says we all have gifts, right? I've shown you the three circles before. Kind of you want to find kind of your sweet spot where God's probably wired you to work. The three circles, there's the circle of your giftedness, what you're good at. God did not make you to be terrible at your job, okay? That is not God's, you know, kind of discipline on your life that you're supposed to kind of be horrible at your job your whole life. That is not how he wired it. He's given you gifts. He's given you unique talents and abilities. There's things that you can just do that you just go, they come easy to me and I, I get it. I understand it. That's probably an indication that might be an area that God wired you to work in. I talked about there, we're supposed to have joy in our life. We're supposed to serve the Lord with gladness. That's another circle. So there's a circle of giftedness. There's the circle of what you, what you find joy in, what you love doing. That that's probably, that intersection is significant. Then I th- talked about the third circle. The third circle is purpose, things that matter, things that God has called you to, things that he's designed you to do. And that somewhere in the intersection of those circles is a sweet spot for you. I just want to say that's also a secret to being someone of excellence, of being a person that people go, maybe I don't understand their faith yet, but man, I love the way they work. And give me 10 more of them. The abundant life at work is found in a higher purpose, not higher pay. And last thing, and I'll wrap with this. Life-giving purpose at work recognizes a new compensation. A new compensation. You remember what he said. He talked about an inheritance and a reward. Let me read it again. Since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. An inheritance as a reward. Um, Who's inheritance for? Who's inheritance for? Sons and daughters, right? That's who gets an inheritance. 
It's for sons and daughters. He's saying, when you work as unto the Lord, there is an inheritance waiting for you. And we understand there are eternal implications of that, right? We know, we understand heaven. We understand Jesus Christ died to pay the penalty for our sins. We are secure in him. And there is, a, there is an amazing inheritance and reward waiting for us. But I want to suggest to you, eternal life, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, begins today. It doesn't begin after you die. The minute you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you now are eternal. You are walking in eternity for however long you're here on earth and then in glory with him. I think one of the mistakes we make is going, okay, eternal life, well, that's for after I die. No, no, it's, it's, it starts like right now. And I want to suggest that that inheritance and that reward has some right now implications. I want to suggest to you, and if you're taking notes, jot these two words down, our inheritance and reward, our reward is freedom and provision. Freedom and provision just like sons and daughters. We are called to walk in freedom and provision. Sons and daughters, they have to work hard. In fact, sometimes they realize they got to work harder. There's a higher standard for them in, quote, the family business than for anyone else because they're being prepared to take it over. They have a different sense of ownership. So it doesn't necessarily mean they don't work as hard. There can be more burdens to that, but they work with a freedom, an inheritance, and a provision. You see, we've seen in this series as we walk through, God wants you to walk in freedom. And he wants you to understand how provided for you already are. But when we walk in that at work, that, takes, that requires faith. We've got to get to that Matthew 6 thing of understanding our Father is our provider, and he said he'd provide, and he will do it. That means I have to let him lead in my decisions where I'm going to work, how I'm going to work. I really need to walk in that. That means, and here's a really interesting part, I need to follow the Lord's leadership in my work, and then here, here it is, wait for it, wait for it. I need to live within what it pays. Oh, why do you have to mention that? One of the biggest killers of freedom, inheritance, and reward in, in the context of our work is that we're working a job that we're not supposed to have because we left the job we were supposed to have or we it turned down the job we were supposed to have because it didn't pay enough, or at least we thought it didn't pay enough. enough. And we didn't understand the simple idea of contentment because remember what we said, biblical center on finances. Some people say, well, no, no, the biblical truth on finances is you're supposed to be rich. We're king's kids. Everybody's supposed to be wealthy. And we saw that's not biblical. Some went, no, no, uh, the f- biblical center on finances, you're spo- everybody's supposed to be poor. We're supposed to renounce everything. Well, we saw that's not biblical. No, the biblical center of finances is we're supposed to be content. That is biblical. That is the center. And do you understand the freedom if you recognize, I think God wants me to take this job, but man, it doesn't pay as much as this one over here. But I really feel my heart, he wants me to be here. Do you understand the minute you say, I am choosing to be content, I will live within what this job pays. Yeah, but I can't afford my house that I'm in. Sell your house. You know you can sell those things, right? Somebody else owned it before. Somebody's going to own it after you at some point anyway. So don't, don't kill yourself to keep a house that you're having to work too hard. You never get to be there anyway. Be free. Live within what the job that you're called to do, where God's leading you, live within what it pays. Do the 10, 10, 80. Tide 10, save 10. Live off 80. See what God does. See if you don't begin to experience a freedom. And what would it be worth to go to work every day and just go, you know, it's, it's not perfect. There's always, anytime you work with people, anytime we're in this world, there's going to be some hassles. Okay, I'm not saying that. 
But what did, what would, what's it worth to go to work and every day and go, I know I'm supposed to be here. I feel God working here. I feel like I'm, I'm doing something that matters and I'm doing it well. What's that worth? Let me just tell you, a house isn't worth it. A nicer car isn't worth it. Drive lesser car, live in lesser house if you have to do. Get out of debt. Do what you got to do. I told you, you know, go through financial peace. Read total money makeover. All those can help you get out of debt, get free. So you literally now are a free person. You can choose to work and say, you know what? That doesn't pay quite as much. But man, I think I'm supposed to be there. Okay, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to live free. And by the way, when you start living free and you start walking and you trust the Lord to bless you, you find out, oh my gosh, I thought I was coming to take less. God knew he was going to provide more. And that all it took is for me to trust him and not the system that I'd been trained to rise up in. And then enjoy the reward every day of working with purpose and the provision of the Lord. Let me tell you, that is radical freedom. I wish I would have understood that while I was getting ready for ministry and looking past what I was doing at Colorama. You know, if I wish I would have understood that, there would have been some, some seasons, a year of my life that would have been a whole lot more full and abundant than it was. If I would have walked in that instead of just getting through and doing the drudgery and getting on to what I knew I was really supposed to be about. No, for that season in my life, that's where God had me. And it was every bit as much ministry as what I'm doing right now. I wish I would have known that. You know what's weird? I guess I did know it. I could have taught a Bible study on it, but I wasn't practicing it. And so I wasn't experiencing the fruit and the freedom of it. Abundant life at work is found in higher purpose, not higher pay. That's why these financial principles we've discussed matter so much. They set you free. They really do. It's not about having more money. It's about having more freedom. God wants you free. Imagine the freedom and the provision to live for purpose every single day rather than just pay. Imagine what that's like. Abundant life at work is found in higher purpose, not higher pay. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Abundant Life at Work or this whole series on the abundant life, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262 as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.